You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now, your hosts, Scott, Miles, and Anna. Your table is ready. Live long and prosper. This is the captain. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. This is episode 217, and I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Good evening, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And I'm M. Sierra Garcia. And tonight we are, we're rewatching Firefly, and we're, we've been in that process, we did the Force, first Force, <laughs> the Force, we did the Force. May the Force yeah, be with you. Too much Star Wars on my mind. Uh, but we did the first four episodes last month, and this month we're now into the next four episodes and how many episodes do we have left after this? Well, four more after this. Well, the, I think. No, I think there's more than four. Okay. Jane, the man they called Jane. Sorry. I think they only made. Oh no, no. there's there's eight because they only made twelve episodes. No, there's. I thought there was thirteen. No, 14. I think there's fourteen. So we have six episodes. We'll do the six episodes together then. <gasps> you can't do that. You can't? Okay. We will do three and No, three. you got to split them up. Okay, so do we'll three do and three. three and three. We'll do three yeah. and three. So for August, we'll be doing the next three on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be posting what they're going to be here in just, uh, I guess, in the next few weeks. So anyway, so here we are talking about Firefly. Chris Jones is supposed to be joining us. So uh, we've been having some Skype interesting nests. If that's even a word um, here uh, at my end, so maybe that's playing into it or not. But but M's here, so Skype seems to be working at the moment. So maybe there's something Yay. going on. We're grateful. Well, he is on the other side of the planet. Right, right, right. Literally in Japan. So, <laughs> uh, so anyways, so before we get too much into our discussion of Firefly, we are talking about Safe tonight. We're talking about our Mrs. Reynolds. We are talking about Jamestown and out of gas. So these four episodes are our episodes of discussion tonight. But before we get there, we just want to point out that we do have an app that we are a part of, and that's available for free on every place you can find an app. The Amazon Store, the Google Store, on iTunes. You can download the app for the Sci-Fi Diner. It is an app. It is called the Zog Pod Collective. And that just comes from the last part of my uh, last name. And then the pod for podcast and collected because it's a collection of a bunch of podcasts I'm a part of all under one roof, all under one app. And Sci-Fi Diner is one of the prominent podcasts in there as well as the Dune Saga podcast and the podcasting gear show. It's real easy to, to navigate. It's, um, you can, you can tweet, you know, that you're listening to it. Um, you can star favorite episodes. You can share favorite episodes and you can call us you you don't need to remember the listener feedback number because you can just click a button and it calls it for you you can even do that through email it's awesome it's a great way to communicate with the uh with, with us here at the show and the best part about it is it's free it's free so you can't argue with the price um <clears throat> so anyways just wanted to point it out that it's out there miles did you download it yet i did you did mm-hmm. so and uh, easy to navigate right very went, went on itunes um 
It was on in a, in, in a minute or two. Yeah, yeah. They just released an update for it, which I'm not sure what the update actually does, but there's an update for it today. So download it again for me. So um, uh, one other thing that I wanted to point out is our phone number. Um, it, I think we used to be one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three. That was our number for the longest time here at the Sci-Fi Diner. Come July thirty. First, are there 31 days in July? I don't remember. M, can you help yes, me out here? Okay, thank you. So, okay, days. I know. I don't. I, the whole. I don't remember that whole song. But anyway, so the 31 days on the 31st will be the last day that number is active. So I'm, I canceled it. Officially canceled it today. I was just getting way too much spam through it, and um, and uh, so that. Uh, I think Chris just messaged me. I'll edit that out. But I got too much spam through it, so. I'm ending that, and there's a new number, and that new number is one two six zero five seven seven two four two eight or one two six zero five seven seven chat, and that will uh, get you into the conversation for any of the shows that I'm involved with, but with this show, the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. So let's jump in to talk about these bank of four episodes. So how did how did these episodes collectively for you? Uh, hold up in light of the series, in the light of the way the first four episodes, uh, how do you feel about it maybe collectively? Um, I know that's kind of hard to do here, but uh, Miles, why don't we put you on the spot first? I think they still hold up very well. Um, I, I enjoyed very much watching them again. And we talked about this before. We'll talk about it now. We'll talk about it again. Just the dialogue is just so enjoyable to listen to. That that's one of the that's one one thing that gives this show such a lot of rewatchability is just just fantastic dialogue that between you know going on with the characters. You know, Joss and his team of writers that they had for these episodes. It was it was it was it was it just continues to come together in these four episodes, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Em, how about for you? So, if we talk about the these four episodes as they aired, because I've watched the series as it is on the DVD, which is what Joss intended, and as it was broadcast, and as broadcast, it just seems oh, another story, another story. But if you watch them in as they are listed in the DVD and on Netflix, it's just a wonderful continuation of getting to know the characters, who they are, what they believe in. And it just it keeps feeding into that. And it feels like each episode, there's two or three characters that get a little bit of a spotlight. So in each of these, like in Safe, it's um, Simon and River that you kind of get more of a glimpse on what, what's going on with them. With... Um, our Mrs. Reynolds, you get more, you get Anara and Mal. And with Janestown, I mean, you get Jane, a whole hour of Jane. And then it's finished off by Out of Gas, which gives you a snippet of everybody that really gets, it's the origin story episode. Yeah, absolutely. So I love it. Yeah, so they do hold together really well, in my opinion, as well. Uh, there were some definitely that I liked a little bit better than the other in my rewatch. But I, but again, they do hold up well. Oh, yeah. They do, they do hold up well. So why don't we just take these in the continuing the order that they were meant to be watched. And that's going to start us out with Safe. Now, for those of you that may not have watched Firefly and are joining us, 
or for those of you that have watched and it's been a while, uh, Miles, do you want to read the short summary we have there of uh, SAFE? Just give people a heads up. Sure. So while visiting an outlying planet, Simon and River are kidnapped by local villages, villagers in need of a doctor. Meanwhile, the rest of the crew are forced to seek medical help from an unlikely source when one of their own is shot. Yeah, so that's a good uh, non-spoilery uh, <laughs> summary of it. Um, so what did you think about this episode, M? So uh, it gives you – I liked it because I learned a lot more about Simon and River. I learned more about their relationship and how tight they are. I learned more about what the rationale behind what he did and what he sacrificed to save his baby sister from – you know, we we still really don't understand what they were doing with her. If they were weaponizing her, if they were trying to take from her what they needed to create a, a more a more powerful being. So to see her in this completely different element where she was really free, and then how Simon handles it, and then those villagers, it's you know they're pioneers and they're believing what they're believing and. It was neat. And then to have the story about um, about Shepard Book after he got shot and all of a sudden they saw, see they have to go to the Alliance for help as much as Mal doesn't want to. And with the the with the ident card from from Shepard, everything oh, okay, oh get this man into surgery immediately and really again, another great showcase of each of a small collective of characters so that you could just love them. Yeah. Uh, Miles, for you. M said a lot of what I agree with. What I liked about all this was also was what what happened in the last episode impacts what happens this episode. They're offloading their 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 cargo, which is this this herd of cattle, <laughs> yeah, herd of cattle, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. and just uh, watching them trying to unload it, and and Jane enjoying sort of uh you know smacking the cattle around a little bit, and um, right. so it. There's some good quotes that, that come out of uh, that whole thing. Uh, There's what, some really good dialogue, yeah. Yeah, def- definitely, uh, definitely tight dialogue in this in this episode as well. Although I'm going to be, although I'm going to be honest, it isn't for me. This was not the, um, it wasn't my favorite Firefly episode. I liked it, but it just didn't. Uh, there were some episodes that came together for me a lot better, and I, you know, I can't put my finger on it because. There's certainly they they do give you a sense of mystery surrounding Shepherd Book that they never fully answered in the series. Now my understanding is that they did answer this a little bit more in a comic book, right? Wasn't there a comic book dedicated to Shepherd Book? That's my understanding. I never had a chance I, to read that. I, yeah, I, I didn't read that one either. But I know that there is a little bit of backstory that's kind of developed that kind of develops this mystery that they never end up exploring fully because it was cut woefully short. But. Damn you, Fox. Um, yeah. But I did, I, I mean, I liked the episode. It was good. You certainly got an idea a little bit more of the Alliance control, the way they're controlling everything and their power to deny citizens, you know, the right. For but you care. also see how backwater this, this planet is. I mean, you have just a strong contrast between what the Alliance has and what this planet doesn't have. I mean, these people will, you know, the way the way they, they acquire assets is sometimes they they kidnap people. Oh yeah, and they they got lucky this time they kidnapped the doctor. Well, you know, and can you really blame them? It's a moral quandary. That's what's uh, you, you you can look at it that way. It's, it's definitely a moral quandary. And what do you think? Well, it, 
Well, and so they've been they've been taken to this planet and dropped on the planet, right? So they're scavenging, and so they'll scavenge for food. They'll scavenge for fabric. They'll scavenge for whatever they need to survive. So if they need to scavenge for scavenge for people to come and be a part and help things out, well, then that's what they'll do. There, it's I'm not excusing it, but it certainly is their survival tactic. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what are you, what are your thoughts as far as um, uh, I, like, I like the comment? You, you, a little bit of trivia in this episode. The young doctor in mm-hmm. the episode is um, Zach Efron. Yeah, Zach Efron from High School Musical, mm-hmm. right? So he mm-hmm. plays, makes his uh, one of his acting debut, television debut, I guess, for him, and probably uh, well, probably not acting debut, but one of that. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, notable moments, notable quotes in this in this episode that really stood out to you guys. <laughs> Hold on, I'm I'm actually looking for it because I don't want to I don't want to destroy it because it cracks me up. It's um, oh where the flippity flop is it? Hold on, I need. Is it the Zoe and Wash quote? No, no, it's it's it's. Hold on, I'm almost there. Where are the quotes? Here we go. Well, the, 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 there's an iconic quote in there. It happens towards the climax of the episode is when um, Mal and, and Zoe come in to, to save the day. Right. And um, Serenity's like hovering overhead and mm-hmm. they're uh, about to light the fire. You know, Jane, Jane has a gun with a laser sight pointing at people and Mal is just um, giving a great speech. And then he says, well, what does that make us? And Zoe has this very iconic line that is iconic to the show as a big damn hero, sir. Right <laughs> Time to go. Well, look at this! Here's a guy here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Sorry to interrupt, folks. Y'all got something that belongs to us, and we'd like it back. This is a holy cleansing. You cannot think to thwart God's will. Y'all see the man hanging out of the spaceship with the really big gun? I'm not saying you weren't easy to find. It was kind of out of our way, and he didn't want to come in the first place. Man's looking to kill some folk. So really, it's his will y'all should worry about thwarting. Gotta say, Doctor, talent for alienating folks is near miraculous. Yes, I'm very proud. Cut her down. The girl is a witch. Yeah, but she's our witch. So cut her the hell down. <laughs> there's a there's a point where I guess they're they left they had left Simon and River on the planet because and they were taking book to get medical help and Jane is digging through Simon's bunk. Oh yeah, and just steal, just steal, like all right. Well, if they're gone, I'm taking this stuff. So he he's flipping through Simon's journal and he 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 just off the top of his head goes, "Dear diary, I today I was pompous and my sister was crazy. Today we were kidnapped by hill folk, never to be seen again. It was the best day ever, and it really is." Funny enough, a couple of weeks ago, um, we were my a couple of friends and I and I were playing the Firefly tabletop game, the um, qu- the board game, 
And that's the that's the joke that always seems to pop up for us, the line that cracks us up every time. Dear diary, I was pompous and my sister was crazy. Best date ever. <laughs> that is that is absolutely a hilarious quote. So we get some good good Jane there. Yeah, we do. I like the uh, quote, and you mentioned this last time, M, that, you know, they're unloading the cattle, and uh, and uh, Zoe says, uh, next time we'll smuggle stock, let's make it something smaller. And Wash, Wash is like, yeah, we should start dealing in those black market beagles. <laughs> they have smallish type drop-ins? Hope this corral's strong enough to hold them. Shepherds are purely figurative title, you know. <laughs> Next time we smuggle stock, let's make it something smaller. Yeah, we should start dealing in those black market beagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I also like this other. Uh, I like that the one. This goes back to the quote that, that Miles was sharing. The patron goes, "That girl's a witch." Miles like, "Yeah, but she's our witch. So cut her the hell down." <laughs> <laughs> but what were you gonna say, Em? Oh no, just it's. I mean, I am a big dumb fan. Not that fans are dumb, but I like I watch these just as as a form of 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 pleasure and it's fun to, but when we get to drill down into them, it's really so smartly written. I have I've I, it's really kind of a joy to see science fiction in this whole new, in a different kind of light, in a different kind of genre, in a much more believable yeah. kind of light. And so this uh, it's just a general statement. That's yeah. all. <laughs> well, you know, I just want to say one of my favorite scenes in this episode has to be the 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 cattle and the um, the police, whoever they are, the sheriff and the Serenity crew. The shootout that's going on, mixed in with these, you know, this Celtic ballad type music going on, and rivers dancing freely in the in the glade with all the other townsfolk. <laughs> As Shepherd Book is shot, she reacts to it. You begin to see in this episode her psychic connection more than anything. Like she connects to that one girl that can't speak. She somehow is connected to Book and reacts to him being shot in this episode. And then they're kidnapped right away, right on top of it. it there's that whole scene is beautifully written into this gunfight in the middle of this, you know. You know, Celtic style Appalachian music is just beautifully done. It's a very interesting juxtaposition of this happy scene here and this, you know, this gunfight. You know, yeah, definitely. And and people getting hurt in this other scene. Yeah. But yeah, you're you're right. I mean, we we get to see her abilities. We know she's smart, but we see more of her damage side. Now we're starting to see. Well, she's you know see what 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 she can do with uh, right. With uh, what 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 the alliance did to her, yeah. 
I like, uh, you see that ability later on in, in, uh, out of gas too. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, but we'll talk about that then. So our Mrs. Reynolds, let's move on to this next episode. This episode, I think beyond the, the, uh, Serenity, the original Joss Whedon's pilot, not the pilot that Fox aired, but between that and this episode, this episode might go down as being one of the most quoted. Oh yeah. So, and, uh, so, uh, do you, are, are you on the show notes, Em? Yeah. Can you, uh, just read the little summary that is there? Yeah. A woman claiming to be Mal's wife appears aboard Serenity. Everyone is shocked by Mal's new wife, Saffron, and reacts differently for Jane is jealous. Anara is outraged. Kaylee is happy for Mal. And Zoe, Washington, Book, and Simon and River, they don't know what to think. But the good-natured young Saffron is soon revealed to be not all as she appears. Holy dun, Hannah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. yeah, holy Hannah, no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh, this episode is just one fun ride almost the entire episode. I think I think once they once the reveal happens uh, with Saffron and that she's not who she says she is, the episode slows a little bit. But up till then, it's just one hilarious ride. Oh, definitely. Um, and Mal con- getting ribbed by his uh, crewmates of and constantly getting himself into trouble, right? Innocently. You know, you understand a little bit where he's going from. But, um, Em, your your thoughts in this episode? So their reaction to how things happen is really cracks me up when when Mal says to Zoe, you know, could you call Wash down here? And um, Zoe picks up the 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 mic and decides to tell everyone on the ship, everyone, come down to the. The cargo hold now, please. It's an emergency. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. No, everyone needs to share in this. <laughs> right. There's that moment of, you know, of, of getting getting the better of Mal. Who the hell are you? What do you mean? Well, I think I was pretty clear. What are you doing on my boat? But you know I'm to cleave to you. To what about who? Did Elder Gama not tell you? Tell me what? Who are you? Mr. Reynolds, sir. I'm your wife. Could you repeat that, please? I am your wife. That was your agreement with Elder Gama since he hadn't cast her life sacrifice. I'm, I'm sorry. Go back to the part where you're my wife? I don't please you. You can't please me. You never met me. So why do I have a wife? You got a wife? All I got is that dumbass stick sounds like it's raining. How come you got a wife? I didn't. We're not married. I'm sorry that I shame you. You don't shame me. Zoe, would you get washed? Oh, I said wash. Captain, everyone should have a chance to congratulate you on your day of bliss. There's, there's no bliss? I don't know this girl. Then can I know her? Jane! Don't sully this. You are going to be clean with trees in your face. You don't that up. Who's the new recruit? Everybody, I want you all to meet Mrs. Reynolds. <gasps> you got married? <gasps> 
Well, that's uh, congratulations. We'd always hoped you two kids would get together. Who is she? She's no one. Captain, would you stop that? I'm sorry. You brute. Oh, sweetie, don't feel bad. He makes everybody cry. Like a monster. I'm not a monster. <laughs> Watch it. Turn the ship around. Can't. It's an order. Yeah, but can't. What the hell is Have wrong? you got an encyclopedia? Done that. After we left, and there's already a bulletin on the cortex as to the murder of a prefect's nephew. That's right. One of our bandits has family ties. So unless you feel like walking into a gallows, I suggest we continue on to Beaumont and you enjoy your honeymoon. <laughs> this isn't happening. Would you stop crying? For God's sake, Mal, could you be a human being for 30 seconds? That's one married man to another. I'm not married! I'm sorry. You, you have very nice qualities, but I didn't ever marry you. I believe you did. Last night. How drunk was I last night? Well, I don't know. I passed out. It says here... The woman lays the wreath upon her intended, which I do recall, which represents his sovereignty. That was you? And he drinks of her wine. <laughs> And then there's a dance with a joining of hands. The marriage ceremony of the Triumph Settlers. You, sir, are newly wed. What's this in there about divorce? Really? Think you're the one to talk to her, sir? The way I see it, me and her got one thing in common. We're the only ones who don't think this is fun. But then it does go someplace serious. It gets dark. And you like when you find out who Saffron is and what she does and how incredibly intelligently calculated she is, I mean, that was... She's a smart little cookie, and she plays them like like, like, like a, a dime store fiddle. Mm -hmm. I mean, she just she she knew exactly how to nuance every person to get what she wanted, except for Anara. Yep, Anara was oh, you're good. Yeah, you know, that that whole conversation is when, like when when the alarms go off and she looks at them, and suddenly the reveals there. You're like. I'm sorry, I thought the other shuttle was yours. It is. I was on the Cortex and my screen shorted. This one's out too. Looking for customers? What were you looking for? I don't mean to be rude. A companion's life is so glamorous and strange. I wish I had the skill for such a trade. You'd like to please your new husband? Oh, he'll have none of me. For true, I'm somewhat relieved. If I'm to learn of love, I'd like it to be at the hands of someone gentle. Someone who could feel what I feel. But Mel said you, you don't approve of my work. Sure, and he said that to keep you from me. I was too curious about you ever since I saw you. Shuttle. You 
lie with me. I guess we've lied enough. You're good. You're amazing. Who are you? Malcolm Reynolds' widow. <laughs> it was imp- impressive. And then dealing with the ship that was going to scavenge them, they... Uh, it, it was it, that was a good. There was action, but it was kind of a little bit of a cerebral action, and then you went into action, action. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely good. And in fact, I, I loved. You know, we, we talked. One of my favorite lines, and one of the lines that got quoted when this first came out was, you know, the whole Jane trying to trade his gun Vera to Mal for Saffron. You know, I wasn't looking for a fight. Always do seem to find one, though. Do I have your attention? Kind of going to extremes here, ain't we? There's times I think you don't take me seriously. I think that ought to change. Do you think it's likely to? You got something you don't deserve. And it's brought me a galaxy of fun, I'm here to tell you. Six men came to kill me one time. The best of them carried this. It's a Callahan full bore auto lock. Customized trigger, double cartridge, thorough gauge. This is my very favorite gun. You offered me a trade? A trade? Hell, it's theft. This is the best damn gun made by man. It has extreme sentimental value. It's miles more worthy than what you got. What I got? She has a name. So does this. I call it Vera. Well, my days are not taking you seriously. They're certainly coming to a middle. Oh, damn it, Mal. I'd treat her okay. She's not to be bought, nor bartered, or borrowed, or lent. She's a human woman, doesn't know a damn thing about the world, and needs our protection. Well, I'll protect her. Jane. Go play with your rain stick. It's an hilarious scene, just... You don't take me seriously enough. And I'm not going to repeat the, I'll put the conversation in so you can hear it because I'll throw the quote in. But it's just an excellent dialogue. But then it's not like that gun was just thrown in there as a prop. That gun becomes later used to get them out of the jam that they're in. To save the day. Yeah. You could dress Vera up and take her out, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and for Mal, Mal thought he was just being a jerk. But Jane was dead serious. This is my very favorite gun. I, I am willing to trade, and you know, we know how much he loves his, his firearms. Oh, yeah. And all of his weaponry. For him to make that, you know, I will trade you. It was important to him. <laughs> right. It was really important to him. <laughs> What's funny, in Guild Wars 2, the game we're playing, there's actually a gun that you can earn, a rifle called Vera. Nice. So, nice. Someone in Guild, <laughs> someone in Guild someone Wars. In Guild like, Wars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the one of the coders at ArenaNet definitely a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious, and by the the end of that scene, go play with the rain stick. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just, uh, just you got a wife. All I got is a stick that sounds like it's raining. Oh man, I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, there's so many quotes. Even that the opening dialogue. So they are driving down this river, right, in this covered wagon. And, and they they get stopped by this ring of bandits, right? And they, you know, you know, James comment, "I'm marrying me a powerfully ugly creature." 
Pardon me for intruding, but I believe y'all carrying something of mine. It ain't yours. You think we wouldn't find out you change your route? You gonna give us what do us and every damn thing else on that boat. And I think maybe you gonna give me a little one-on-one -on -one time with the missus. Well, I think you might want to reconsider that last part. See, I married me a powerful, ugly creature. How can you say that? How can you shame me in front of new people? If I could make you prettier, I would. You are not the man I met a year ago. Now think real hard. You've been bird dogging this township a while now. They wouldn't mind a corpse of you. Now you could luxuriate in a nice jail cell. But if your hand touches metal, I swear by my pretty floor bonnet, I will end you. dialogue is this incredible oh yeah that that and that gets that gets reiterated across because so they're 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 approached by the dudes and the guy's like you know you're gonna give me a little time with that pretty wife oh i married me a powerful ugly woman <laughs> how can you shame me in front of people it's that <laughs> a, another little vignette just a couple of little words between the two of them and you can see just the the, the chops the acting chops that the both of them have and the chemistry the two of them have and 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 then the writers too to have the wherewithal to know they knew these characters inside and out i mean i'm not saying that they you know they were this was you know from god's ears to joss's hand but they just did such a great job of showcasing who these characters are and that little moment is another one of those yeah it is it is it is classic Firefly. This this opening one minute of scene, one minute of dialogue, down to uh, my mouths. I swear by my pretty floral bonnet, I will end you. No, <laughs> it's just it's just incredible. Um, another piece of dialogue that's often quoted is the whole Shepherd Book and Mouse scene in the in the in the corridor. Right, okay. <laughs> Book is warning uh, yeah. Mal about. Yeah. You should take sexual advantage. You're going to burn in a very special level of hell. Divorce is very rare and requires dispensation from her pastor. I can send him away, see what I can do. I appreciate that. She's a nice girl. Seems very anxious to please you. Uh, that's her way, I guess. I suppose so. If you take sexual advantage of her, you're going to burn in a very special level of hell. A level they reserve for child molesters and people who talk at the theater. What? I am not... Preacher, you got a smutty mind. Perhaps I spoke out of turn. Or maybe perhaps I'm thinking. I apologize. I'll make her up a room in the passenger door. Good. The special hell. A level they reserve for child molesters, people who talk in the theater. So, and then he pops back out a very special hell. You know, just <laughs> hilarious. And then when... Uh... Saffron it appears that Saffron is successful in uh, seducing Malleus. Oh, I'm going to hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, they just tie it in. It's just so beautifully, beautifully done. Uh, are there other moments, uh, M, that we're missing here? Uh, this episode is just riddled with them. There's. I do love the little moment when they find Anara with 
Mal and 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 she obviously was she was put out because she I don't know if she went to kiss we're, we're still not sure if she went to kiss Mal or to do mouth to mouth but then when she realizes oh you idiot and then she passes out and then Kaylee oh did she kiss you too <laughs> yes and our, and our kind of covers for herself that yes yes she did she did kiss me too oh that's surprising i know right well no Um, i think didn't she say she fell and bumped her head or something like that's what nar keeps saying she slipped and and then but then at the end oh that's right you're right you're right right. at at the end mal approaches her and she thinks that he has figured it out Mm -hmm. and then she says oh i knew you kissed her and she's like left disappointed like you knew that i kissed you like that's because it builds it begins this episode, you really begin to see the building of this the tension. Oh yeah, yeah. And, 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 obviously, you know, between Inara and um, so on, they obviously have feelings for each other, but so many barriers to get through. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Let's wrap up the discussion in this episode here. Uh, any other thoughts in this episode about how it plays into the arc? We do. Uh, we, I mean, this obviously plays into the larger of the show because we do see. Both Vera and Saffron later, right? Yeah, she mm-hmm. she appears in the episode Trash. Oh yeah, one is it one of the episodes that didn't air? I believe I'm not sure. It's one of the last episodes mm-hmm. that actually airs. But. but I love that basically she's sending you know Serenity to an interstellar chop shop. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we get the end scene between she does get uh, Mao kind of deals with her. He has to get a shuttle back. Yep. Yeah. So and. You get to see him, his honor code. Yeah. What were you going to say? This the episode where he calls her, like, Rosaf something? Like, where we find out, or is that in the next time she shows up? I don't know. We we do find her real name, don't we? He asks her her real name, but then he smacks her upside the head and goes, you, you probably lie. Or, you know, you're probably not lying anyways. Oh, then it's at the end of the other episode. Yeah. We, we spoiler alert, she shows up again. Yeah. <laughs> oh. What this show's been out how many years now? Twelve. So I know. Yeah, so, all right. Well, let's uh, let me pause this right now. So we have joining us now about partway through the podcast here to talk about Firefly. Someone who, uh, when he podcasts, doesn't really podcast about Firefly, but he's on anyways. It's Christopher Jones from Trek FM Network. Chris, welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And sorry to be popping in in the middle of this show. It seems we had a little temporal anomaly. It's, you know, when you're dealing with time zones, all bets are off. It just is. Even even though you plan for it, you know, it just happens sometimes. And that's that's perfectly fine. Temporal anomalies abound. Yeah, they do, especially in the Trek in the Trek in the Trekverse. So, uh, for our listeners that may not be familiar with who you are, Christopher, why don't we uh, Christopher, I sound so formal. Uh, Chris, t- tell me a little bit about uh, you know, a little bit about what you do in podcasting, just to give people uh, a flavor for you before we get back into Firefly here. Well, I normally podcast about Star Trek. My network is all about Star Trek. We have 16 shows, and I think I'm on seven of them. I lose track. My main show mm-hmm. is The Ready Room, which I have hosts from all around the network with me on that. We talk all about all parts of Star Trek, and then I have some specialized shows about DS9 and Enterprise and fan films and science and social issues and news. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So he's a very busy man otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Well, welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner. It's great to have you on and uh, and to have you a part of the show. And Firefly, so tell us a little bit. 
how did you encounter Firefly? Um, not just these episodes that we're talking about tonight, but in general, uh, your experience with Firefly. I've known of it ever since it first aired by name, but I, I didn't watch it when it was on originally. And over the course of about four years of podcasting about Star Trek, I would have co-hosts and guests who would frequently reference Firefly. And a while back, I started watching it a bit just to you know, see what it was like and why everyone talked about it so much. I didn't make it through the whole series at this point because it's so difficult for me to watch things, but uh, I've seen a bit of it, and then you asked me to watch some specific episodes for this show, and I've, I've seen those as well. And it's been interesting to compare it with it being science fiction to Star Trek and also to the fact that I think that Firefly is a wonderful example of why science fiction does not work on network television. <laughs> and, and, hmm. and, and, yeah, and just, uh, and just to pick your brain a little bit, bit, why is that? I think that the studio executives don't really understand science fiction because Firefly, I think it's a very interesting show, and I appreciate Joss Whedon's premise that basically... Our technology will evolve in the future, but who we are as people will pretty much stay the same, which is why I like Deep Space Nine and the Star Trek universe as well. And I think that the network executives just don't quite get this within a sci-fi context. Like, they want to give you the canned, the usual, um, what do I want to say, like just the stereotypical space show. And when you come up with something that's unique like Firefly is, although... I see a lot of other stuff in it, but an interesting show. It's it like goes over the network executives' heads, and the ratings are not what they're expecting, and therefore they just can the show. And you see that time and again, decade after decade, with science fiction on network television. Yeah, yeah, and it just seems, and for some reason, it just seems that with in Firefly's case, it developed this a uh, kind of uh, cult following that kind of made it become yeah. a little bit larger than life where most shows where this happens to kind of just peter out and no one really pays too much attention after a while. That's so. true. I, I think a bit of it is that I think the cast of Firefly is more engaging than the cast of your average canceled science fiction show. And I think the show itself is a bit more interesting and better produced than a lot of the science fiction shows that get canceled. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. Mm -hmm. So um, the, before you uh, popped in here, we were discussing the two episodes we asked you to watch, one which was safe and one of which was our Mrs. Reynolds. Can we get your thoughts on those before we jump into the next two? Okay. So I don't know if I have a lot to say about safe really other than I had Monty Python flashbacks at the end okay. <laughs> when they found out they, they thought that she was a witch. Yeah, yeah. Let's burn her. Yeah, she <laughs> And then I thought that the ending was too quick, and then they're back on the ship. And so I think you have to take it within the context of the series and the characters and the sort of the backstory of the characters a little bit um, for it to, to fit in. As an individual episode, eh, I was not that crazy about Safe, personally. And then Mrs. Reynolds reminded me of 
when the Orion slave girls go on the Enterprise to take over the ship. <laughs> okay. Uh, similar, similar premise. Um, it was an episode that I think that on a second watch, it's a better episode than the first watch because on the first watch through kind of drags along for me. But then at the end, when you find out who she really is and what she's really doing, and then at the very end, when he goes back to the planet and he tracks her down, that was interesting. And then I know she comes back later. So the episode overall was an interesting episode for me. But like I say, probably watch it through once and then go back and watch it again and then look for things in it as you go through the second time, knowing how it ends. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think there's something to be said about an episode that you can go back and find new things in that right. you are rewatching. It, it says something for how that episode is developed that you notice things you didn't notice before because you kind of know where the episode was intending to go that you missed it because you maybe were expecting it to go somewhere else. Right, uh, right. And the one thing I learned from it is that kissing girls makes you sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> and it's true. No, no, no. Wow. Uh, no. Wow, I have no response to that. No, wow. no, no. That's saying something. No, no. If you ever <laughs> fell asleep kissing a girl, that you, you might find out <laughs> the result, uh, <laughs> the impact that would have. I, I guess this is only the case in the 26th century because it's never happened to me personally. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I want to say when I was dating, this is pre my wife dates. There was there was one date that I fell asleep kissing a girl, but I don't remember. I, said, I, I, I vague recollections of it happening. Don't judge me. I was like 17 at the time. So, but, wow. <laughs> right. That was back in the dark ages. Shit, chiseling stone out of rock to get anywhere. But, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to talk about, uh, our, our next episode. And that is Jamestown, an iconic episode for people that are Firefly fans, especially because of the song and, <laughs> and, uh, and many other things in this episode. Um, let me do it. I'm just, I'm just going to read a real quick summary of this episode, just kind of in case you're tuning in again and haven't watched Firefly and, or maybe haven't watched it in a while. So, uh, the, here's the premise. Milo and the crew of Serenity land to pick up some contraband on the mud producing planet of Canton where the labor is provided by a servitude run by the local magistrate. Jane had once robbed the boss with a partner but barely escaped by jettisoning from their getaway vehicle. His partner, now waiting for revenge, and the money boxes who have made him a legendary hero. Jane is recognized by all and welcomed accordingly. Subplot shows Simon and Kaylee face their growing romantic feelings. River first tries to fix the Bible and is later traumatized by seeing Book's hair. Meanwhile, Inara is making a man of the Magistrate's resentful son who helps the crew escape out of spite to his father. But there has been confrontation with Jane's abandoned partner whose vengeful shotgun kills one of Jane's young hero worshippers, bringing Jane to the verge of philosophy. <laughs> Which is a good way of kind of putting that. Um, so this is the episode... Uh, what stood out to you, Miles, as you, uh, watched this episode again? Um, it was just a fun, first fun trip in Maryland, just watching it again. Um, but the, the juxtaposition between where Jane thinks the, the, uh, reception he's expecting because he, he, he robbed the magistrate and so he's d disguising himself he's i love that scene right he's in the he's, he's tore apart the doctor's office and he is 
taping he's taping a gun to his chest mm-hmm. you know <laughs> Simon Coleman ape or something like that how yeah. he tore through you know his, his infirmary but uh and then when um Mal says there's, there's no weapons allowed here and you know he, he rips the tape off and you see a look of pain on his face oh no, we're all feeling it with him right who hasn't had a band-aid on their leg that they've torn off they just feel it this was a bit this was this was a oh, huge band-aid nice. yes <laughs> yeah oh man it's pain painful painful mm-hmm. but yeah his expectation that 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 what he's expecting when he gets there and what he actually gets when he arrives is absolutely beautiful right and, and some very quotable lines in this yeah. uh one yeah. Uh, Chris, how about for you? What stood out in this episode for you? The song. (laughs) I really enjoyed this episode. Now, where they were going with it at the beginning, it's sort of, okay, well, here's another episode. But when they they land and you find out that he's a – it's when you see the statue. That's the part that really hooked me in finally. (laughs) And I cracked up, and, and the reaction of Jane to that I mean, he, he's warned them that, you know, I've been here before and I probably shouldn't go down there again. But he wasn't expecting to be a hero and see the statue. And then in the bar, when in the, I guess the, you would call it a saloon more than a bar, I suppose. But when they start singing the song and then when when Jewel State is there with her hand over her mouth trying not to laugh, it was such the perfectly natural moment. Jay. The man they call Jay. He robbed from the rich and he gave to the poor. Stood up to the man and he gave him what for. Our love for him now ain't hard to explain. The hero of Canton, the man they call Jay. Our Jane saw the mother's backs breaking. He saw the mother's laments. And he saw the magistrate taking every dollar and leaving five cents. So he said, You can't do that to my people. He said, uh, Can't crush them under your heels. Yeah, no. You got any light you'd like to shed on this development? No, well. No. This must be what going mad feels like. Now, here is what separates heroes from common folk like you and I. Man, they called Jane. He turned around his plane and let that money hit the sky. Oh, that cash went. I stole that money from Higgins, like the song says. Lifted me one of his hovercraft. I got tagged by anti-aircraft. Started losing altitude. Had to dump them strong boxes. Stay airborne. We gotta go to the crappy town where I'm a hero.
sort of on the set. I feel like like if I were doing this, I would make sure that no one else had heard the song before until I'm shooting this scene just to get the reactions. <laughs> that the would actors. be awesome. That would be great. <laughs> Well, you know, and I love, you know, in the middle of the song, you have uh, what Simon's response, this is what going mad feels like, you know, because right. he has this whole context of seeing Jane anything but a hero like the one that they're proclaiming here. It starts out What absurd. I also liked about the song is that it's like Jane doesn't really remember exactly what happened, and then the song is refreshing his memory. And it's like, oh, yes, <laughs> the song says, <laughs> I did do this. <laughs> With the safe and everything, and he yes. he didn't realize that he had dumped it on top of the mutters. Right. Oh. That's the part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just it's, – it's classic. It, it is by far – that's – anytime you mention Jamestown, the first thing that pops in my head is this song. A song you want to kind of break out into it and say, Jane, the man they called Jane. Yeah, the statue wasn't <laughs> absurd enough. The song brings it to a whole new level of <laughs> it absurdity. It does. Em, how about for you? I, I, it's it's a funny episode. It's really cute. I like the little story between um, Kaylee and Simon. They have that little moment in the beginning, and he's like, you know, why curse when it's you know when it's a good time and when he sees the when he sees the, <laughs> sees the statue, son of a, and that's when he curses. Right. And it, it was just, it was the reaction to the to the to the statue was great. And Kaylee just kind of pacing back and forth. It's like its eyes are just following me. Oh, and these cute little moments. And I I actually like the very end. Jane has is is very much in danger of of becoming a, a a kind man when he has that philosophical moment of well, why did he why did he do that why why was he stupid I would have never done that well you know trying to understand that all of that kind of don't make no sense what. Why the hell did that mother have to go and do that for him, Hal? Jumping in front of that shotgun blast. Hell, there weren't one of them understood what happened out there. They're probably sticking that statue right back up. Most like. I don't know why that eats at me so. It's my estimation that every man ever got a statue made of him was one kind of some bitch or another. It ain't about you, Jane. It's about what they need. Don't make no sense. You got a little, you got a little bit under his skin there for a minute, and you kind of felt for him. And then, of course, the next episode comes along, and he makes an ass of himself. And you're, <laughs> oh, it's Jane. Whatever. Right. But it was it was nice to see that little that little exposed moment of him. That he's not he's not all just brute and brawn. I mean, there's something there beyond it. There's a little viscera there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Less. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it it's great. It, it, I think it had to be hard in that scene when they arrive and see the statue and Simon Simon Tan's character is asked to he's asked to act and he he has to pretend that he can't act mm-hmm. because he he does a terrible right. job of of you know approaching the the mutter. Well, he's nervous. Right. He's nervous. He's got to you know I want to do crime and so he goes to do crime and he's not good at doing crime. No, he's not. <laughs> No. At least not in this episode now. Yeah, he's, he's he's too much of a uh, rich kid to be doing that. And he's also trying to still maintain a low profile. Um, yeah. And and, he, and so ha- now he's out in the open trying to negotiate with this mutter foreman. Yeah, and I imagine that does make him feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I he should have uh, taken lessons from Jane on how to maintain a low profile. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love that when they. I love that le- when they get when they get into the bar and they. Uh, start singing the song and Jane's recognized and that the guy that they're meeting to compete, complete this transaction says, you call this keeping a low profile? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So kind of, uh, you know, one other thing I'll say about this episode that I think makes it a really good episode in terms of a science fiction show is that it's really funny and it's really fun, but there's also that bit in there where, which is also funny in a way, but you can, you can go a lot of places with this where River is trying to fix the Bible. Oh, I and know. And comes in and she's fixing the Bible and she's oh. talking about all the problems and how you can approach the ark so that you can get all the animals on it and how many inconsistencies there are and discrepancies. And he says you don't fix faith, River. It fixes you, which... Great quote. Great I, quote. I could talk about that line for a long time as well, what that means, but... For me personally, I'm someone who does see all those inconsistencies, and I would be like River trying to, like, okay, well, if we're going to believe that this is true, well, how does this all work? But the great thing about science fiction, and again, going back to Deep Space Nine, which I mentioned earlier uh, that I love, and it's my favorite Star Trek series, is that you can really talk about these issues in science fiction, issues of faith and issues of religion. And the fact that they insert this little bit here in the middle of this otherwise very funny episode about Mm. Jane being a hero of the statue, I think also shows, it shows the, the depth and potential of Firefly that got cut short, which I know is disappointing to many people and is why it became a cult classic after being cut short. What was 11 episodes aired, I guess on Fox, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the final uh, two or three that never aired, so mm-hmm. right, yeah, you know, it's it, you're right, and I think you see that. But that, and what I what I like about that is, um, it, it, I like shows. I mean, religion is so much a part of who we are as people. You know, no matter no matter what form of religion that you talk about, and so to to address bring up faith. So many times, I find that science fiction shows just avoid it. Um, and I think it's right. one of the things it that doesn't exist. In the- right. And, and, and it's one of the things I really appreciated about Battlestar Galactica. You know, you, you had certainly a, a huge amount of faith playing into that. And then in Deep Space Nine, certainly, like you mentioned, they're, 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 I mean, he's the emissary, right? He's the, the role, the, pro- I mean, the faith and the, and the, and, and the religion plays a, a real prominent role into the society. And you just, you didn't see that in the other Star Trek series either. I mean, you saw elements of it, but not as much, not developed as much. And Firefly, you actually have a, a, a real cleric on board the oh, ship. Oh, yeah. Right. Who is yeah. not... I, I like that... I mean, sometimes sci-fi will make whoever is of 
religious persuasion or whatever, uh, you know, a doofus or an idiot or, or something a kook like that. or something like that. Yeah. No, they was, don't. Shepard Book, if I were... If I do remember, if I remember correctly, and it was something that that stuck out with me being a recovering Roman Catholic, um, <laughs> I don't think he ever called himself. I don't think he used the word religion or religious. I think the other characters did. For him, it was always his faith and what his faith and his order right. has have done. And mm-hmm. if anyone has seen Dogma, you know, it's it's he, and there's a lot of movies out there where they kind of point out that it's not. You know, when you start to organize it and call it a religion and you get rules and yeah. and, and it, it gets a little broken. And so when her line about it being broken, just the contradictions, false logistics, it doesn't make sense. It, it was beautiful. I kind of paused for a moment like that. That's a, that's a gorgeous statement, very cleanly stated and very true. But they, they the response of you don't fix faith, faith fixes you. It's not a religion. It's not a. It's it's a wonderful part of spiritually being, and it doesn't matter, you know, who your dear and fluffy lord is. It's or who you believe your creator is, or if you believe there is one. It's just kind of neat that they bring that in. That there's little hints of it, and I do like that moment as well. Yeah. When you talk about fluffy, now you're not talking about the hair, are you? Right, right, right. Hairy. No, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Like, how big you hair. know. Yeah. If yep. God's got, you know, if your if your creator is a little overweight, he can be fluffy. If your creator is furry, he can be fluffy, or she can be fluffy. Well, well, or if you, you have know, Shepherd Book's hair, he can be fluffy. Right. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Bless him. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's awesome. I'll put it. Oh, look, he's putting the hair away. No, it's still there. <laughs> still there. He can't He'll hide. Be waiting it. for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, that and that was again. There were some real classic moments on the uh, on this episode, and I think that's one of the, one of the shining moments of it. There's a good. I I would call that a singular moment. Yeah. That when they brought that up, and then they came back to it, and it was just it was just a little hit. Hint. It was just a little amuse bouche of, you know, what was to come. I I believe, and and it's it's really sad that it they, it didn't get to carry on what it wanted to. You know what's um, what's fascinating in, in one in, in one way, Shepherd Book's character is one of the most interesting characters in the show. Just because you get that intrigue, there's that he has a past that he hasn't shared yet mm. that we don't ever really get a clear cut in the show. But we just again, get we just get a layer or two. Yeah, layer or two that I mean, just it's it's hinted at, and and here again you just see a depth to him, and he is he is the moral compass of the crew in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, say you know in the earlier episodes we mentioned how they were going to leave that that group of reaver, you know that that ship where all the people died by the hands of reavers. They were just going to leave them, and he said, "No, we got to pray and bury them in their own way." You need, to, you need to say their piece. Right, right. Yeah. So he, he's constantly challenging the morality. But interesting episode. Uh, anything else to say about this episode before we move on? It's well, adorable. It's, well, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, it's probably my favorite of the four. Okay. I mean, supposedly Jane is the one that stuck it to the man, but then we find out at the end, you know, the the magistrate is trying to make a man out of his son and. It's, it's it's his own son who sticks like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like it worked. Yeah, yep. his own son is the one. Stuck trying to the make man. a man out of me, and it looks like it worked. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Go, Nora. 
All right. So the last, uh, the last one that we're talking about is out of gas. And, uh, oh. yeah. Em, do you want to read the short summary here? No. You don't? Of okay. Course. Go ahead, Miles. <laughs> no, go ahead, Em. No, I will. <laughs> go ahead, Em. So it's on Simon's birthday, Serenity's engine stopped turning and an explosion knocks out the auxiliary life support, severely wounding Zoe. With few options, Mal orders the rest of the crew off the ship, but he stays behind hoping for a miracle. The story is told in, in multiple time frames, shifting Mal from time alone on the ship to events prior to the ship's, to the crew's departure. Flashbacks to Mal's initial meetings with many of his crew members are also part of the narrative, showing how and why Mal and Zoe decided to buy the old Firefly-class ship, as well as revealing it was love at first sight for Zoe and Wash when he was hired as Serenity's pilot, as well as how Inara charmed her way into letting Mal rent out one of Serenity's shuttles for herself, and how Mal met the mechanic engineer Kaylee in a compromising position, and how the crew met Jane, who was... A tough but dumb interplanet- interplanetary bandit. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good uh, summary of the show. You know, what I liked about this episode is th- this episode is built on a small thing that they mentioned in a prior episode, and that is that this little, um, this crappy compression coil that she was complaining about in the pre- previous episode finally blows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, the good continuation as far as keeping this, so, mentioning something in a prior episode and having it play into uh, the episode and being a central she says part. says it in the pilot. Yeah, it says it in the it's pilot. It's in the pilot. She wants yeah. and they need a new one. Yeah. Which, by the way, this episode aired prior to Serenity in the original Fox airing. So it totally made sense. Great job, Fox. <laughs> but... <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. So, uh, how did you guys feel? What were some moments in this episode that stuck out uh, to you, uh, Chris? Why don't you go ahead and start? All right. I don't know if I'm going to be able to contribute so much to this one because I had a little bit of trouble not being as familiar with the entire series. A little bit of trouble wrapping my mind around what was happening in this episode just following the different timelines. And I, I think that as a concept, it's, it's an interesting way to tell the story. And, uh, and I did know of course about the coil and that having been, hold on, there's a truck going by. So let me just start that over. And I did know about the coil from the, having been mentioned earlier and then it finally flows out here and that's what's going on. But just following the different courses that the episode was taking, uh, it's an episode that, I can see growing on me if I watch it several times, but the first time through, it uh, was, I can say it's interesting, really. I'm not contributing much to this. No, that's fine. That's fine. That was my impression of it at first. I guess I'm. it's sort of uh, like a high-level concept in terms of the way you're telling the story, maybe, and the way they were shooting the different time frames with different lighting to try to help you keep it straight. Yeah, and I thought that that was creative too, as a, a nice way for help to, to help us keep it straight because you saw all these different mm-hmm. shadings and colorings of the way the episode was kind mm-hmm. of portrayed. Uh, it, you know, I can't say that it was one of my favorite episodes of the four that we watched, but I, one of the things I did like about the episode is you found out, like you knew how Simon, Shepard, and River all ended up in the boat. 
But you did, mm-hmm. but you, but you finally got a little bit of background into how these other people ended up on Serenity, and I thought that that was kind of interesting, and mm-hmm. uh, and some funny moments as well. Em, how about you? For me, I love that that family moment that they had at the beginning, and then you had Crisis, and then you had the the keeper of the family do what he needed to do to keep his family safe. And as he was going and trying to fix the ship and say, and you see him crawling through the ship, he's going through, I feel like we're kind of going into his memories of, of everything that's happened and having, having kind of, I, I, I took it a little personally, like uh, I've, I'd seen it before, but after my dad passed and I watched and I was with my dad the couple of weeks before he passed, he was having a lot of these moments of remembering things and remembering, you know, did I ever tell you about your uncle and I, did I ever tell you this, did I ever tell you these moments of trying to remember before and, and, and pushing and like things to, to keep him going. And, um, as he was going through treatment. So when I go back and I look at this episode, which I haven't seen since my dad passed, that's how I started to under, to, to watch the show. Um, which it was always my favorite because I like an origin story and I felt like we got the origin stories we needed, but I really, I got a much deeper, squishier feeling out of it and mm. an interpretation out of the show that we were watching Mal like trying to keep himself going. He's got to find his family. He's got to take care. And his ship is where his family lives. So I took it from that. I, I've, I've mm. had a reverse, not a reverse, but I'd have a shift of how I interpret that show. And, and I, those, those special moments and, and I can, I can take those and equate them to when a cousin and a, family friend reacted to something or when a brother and a, and a, and an uncle, you know, went off and did, it was, we were kind of, we were, we were with him while he was trying to keep himself going and, and keep his, get his family back. No, no, no doubt. And that it, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think mean, it's just kind of this um, retrospective and, you know, what a better way to kind of celebrate a moment than a birthday, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, you bring family together at birthdays. It's a happy, it's a joyous occasion. And then you have this terrible thing happen kind of on the, on the heel end of it. But it is a, and they're telling stories and they're reminiscing. It's doing exactly what you're saying, Em. I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head about what they were trying to attempt in this episode. I, I had a similar experience with, not with this episode and a little bit different, but with my father passing also a couple of years ago and, on the ready room, we were already planning to do emissary from DS9, and mm. I had seen it, you know, dozens of times over the years, and I always take it one way. And then we had chosen the episode, and then the week before, a few days before we were going to record, then my father died, and so then rewatching that episode to prepare for that show, I had the similar experience of just taking this episode in a completely different way because of what had happened. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way this episode opens.
So you have this, you're having different shots of the ship and they're empty. There's like no one there. It's like a ghost town and you have this, is it eerie music kind of playing in the background that just accents it? And then you're looking at the wherever catwalk you're at and you have this pause and then boom, there comes Mal. You know, he's falling down. It's just a great opening to kind of hook you in and make you think, what in the heck is going on? Mm-hmm. In this episode, there's intrigue, there's mystery. Right. Like, why is Firefly abandoned? Why, why, why is Serenity, why, why is Serenity, there's no one on it? And then you have Mal, why is Mal alone and he's breathing heavy? What the heck just happened? And I'm, it's one of the, it's a great opening. That, that just kind of hooks me into this episode. Yeah, I like that opening as well. It shows space is still a very dangerous place if, if you don't have any support system. And we find throughout the episode that they, you know, Mal purposely was trying to avoid the little ants, and so they took a it flew under the radar right? indirect route, and so they are very far away from anybody that can help them. And the shuttles have a very marginal chance of finding refuge, and um, his chances are. It seemed very slim to none to to get help himself. What uh, so we just it, it tells us we sometimes take for granted because we've seen so much sci-fi in space. It's maybe not as dangerous as as, as it really is, but this reminds us it, it is dangerous. And if you don't have anybody out there to help you, and something goes wrong, you, you're, you're screwed. Yeah. Well, you know they uh, they they talk about space. They they, they once again highlight when they're opening the doors to let the fire out of serenity you hear that you see that done in silence it's that one moment where they flash to the outside of serenity and there's no sound then you're back in serenity with all the sound that's not a thing joss because right. well, there's no sound in space people. I know, I know. there's no sound in space because <laughs> there's no oxygen for the sound that makes it do i have to get all science on everyone no 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 we, we're, we're with okay. you yeah, we're, we're with you we're with you um so Let's talk about some of the flashbacks, some of the origin stories, just a little bit. Uh, any any notable origin stories that stuck out to you? Any of you? Well, the, I think they're all of them are, are notable, but what, it's just funny that when they first meet Wash, uh, that um, <laughs> Zoe doesn't like like him. I mean, um, and then it's funny what like happened. Yep, I don't like him. Mm-hmm. It's the mustache. I mean, he can't. Stash. Dude. It's a porn stash. Let's say <laughs> it, what is, it is. It is. I've heard He's it referred to. He's wearing a 1976. <laughs> like, you know, someone get him registered on some registry because that is the creepiest looking stash ever. It's, it's oh, bizarre. Man. He does look but shifty. I think it was perfect. He does. Mm-hmm. He does. Oh, man. Definitely a good introduction. How about uh, some of the other origin stories? Uh, any of the others stick out uh, to any of you? Go ahead, M. Kaylee. What? You do realize we've been parked on this rock a week longer than we planned? Yeah, but uh, there's there's stuff to do. As, for example, that job we got waiting for us on Paquin. When we landed, you said you needed a few days to get a spaceworthy again, and is there something wrong with your bunk? What? Oh, no. Captain, she likes engines. Fester, get your prairie harpy off my boat and put us back in the air. Okay, but can't. What do you mean can't? No can do, cat. Secondary grab boot shot. No, it ain't. Ain't nothing wrong with your grab boot. Grab boot's just fine. Hello. 
She doesn't. And that's not what it is. No, it ain't. Sure it is. Grab boot ain't your trouble. I seen the trouble plain as day when I was down there on my bath before. Your red couple's bad. The red... What? The red couple. Right here. See? No. This. I'm pointing right at it. Hey! Here. Hand me that, will ya? Don't serve much of a purpose anyway. Just tends to gum up the works when it gets tacked. So I figure why even have one? Better to just take your G-line, plug it straight into the port pin lock. That should, uh... There! What'd you do? She fixed it. Well, it wasn't really broke. Where'd you learn how to do that, miss? Just do it, that's all. My daddy says I got natural talent. I'll say you do with that. Don't we need this? You work for your daddy, do you? Well, when he got work. Which ain't too often lately. You got much experience with a vessel like this? I've never even been up in one before. Want it? You mean... Sure. For how long? Long as you like. Long as you can keep her in the sky. You offered me a job? Well, what? I believe I just did. I just gotta ask my folks. Don't leave without me. Wow. What do you need two mechanics for? I really don't. Kaylee. Oh, yeah. Well, first, you know, well, we've got that a was, genius that mechanic. That was funny, yes. <laughs> and yeah. then here comes Bester, and you're like, oh, what? Uh, I. And then further into the. <laughs> when she tells him, oh, when Bester is talking to Mal and he finds Kaylee and she's being all Kaylee-like, you know, oh, well, I can't fix this thing. Nope, that's not your problem. When I was I down on my back. On my back there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. That was, that was really he, funny. I spotted the problem. Just, yeah. <laughs> I was multitasking. Right, right, it right. Just, it was the perfect introduction to Kaylee because right there you knew who she was. She was brilliant. She was honest. She was sweet, and she just she's just joyful. And you just you just wanted to hug her. You just go fix that thing. Yeah. <laughs> she likes engines, and she likes sex, and you get that throughout the entire well, series. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Let's not. I have no words. We won't okay. dwell. Okay, we won't dwell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, but she seems to be kindly like even that we didn't talk about it in the last episode, but she makes a comment to Nara. Oh, go go have fun sex or whatever it says. Oh yeah, saying. no, that's right. Go have good sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like, have a great day. Have she, good sex. You know, it, it, it's, it's it's she portrays this character that is kind of joyful, almost innocent, but she's far from innocent. Right, but she comes I, I across as as very sweet oh. and innocent. Yeah, yeah. she does. But I think she's, I think she's just a positive person. She, she, she grew up, I'm going to guess, like grew up on a farm, grew up around engines and just has this joie de vivre to just want to know and be a part of everything. I mean, you can see Kaylee on the ship, the way she's, if you, if you've looked in the, where the dining room is, where in the kitchen, there's like flowers stenciled on the wall. You know, Zoe didn't do it. You know, Nora didn't do it. And when you get to see the door to Kaylee's bunk, 
it's all decorated and painted and adorable and she's her overalls have the little teddy bear and you 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 get this wonderfully sweet person with a with an amazingly just huge desire to to you know be that family be part of that family not out of need and 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 desperation but more of you know i love all of you and i'm just gonna keep loving you even if you're assholes (laughs) (laughs) the final never ever aired or put on dvd finale we find out that it was actually jane who stenciled the flowers on the wall right 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 (laughs) right yeah yeah, that's the uh, scene they never filmed but that, (laughs) that would be hilarious though Right, he he really crochets in the dark. You just don't know it. Uh, <laughs> you know the yeah. A part of that, even the opening, uh, the, the very first, the pilot that was aired out of order when you when when she meets Shepherd Book and encounters, you know, the strawberries and she has this connection. I think you got, you nailed the farming background right. You know, she has this connection with, you know, stuff that's very homey, you know, stuff that's authentic, and uh, and that's what you just see coming through Kelly. And then in that, because that's another introduction into Kaylee, when she takes all that stuff to the kitchen, and I know we're going back an episode we've already talked about, she takes that bite out of the strawberry, and you you can see, you have that sensual moment with her, oh, biting yeah. that strawberry, and you're like, this little girl is just the best. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love that. That is my favorite Kaylee moment. Yeah. It was sensual and sweet and innocent all at the same time. Great casting, great characterization by Joss in this in this episode and in the series. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, well, uh, and we can't forget, of course, the whole uh, Jane moment, bringing Jane onto the ship. Check him. Search the ship. Start with the cockpit. Work your way down. Is this what you meant by ambush? We're just verifying your story. You find anybody on board not supposed to be? You shoot him. I thought we were going to be reasonable about this. Reason. He's going to talk to us about reason now. Yeah, that's a joke. Which one you figure attract us? The ugly one, sir. Could you be more specific? Do we look reasonable to you? Well, looks can be deceiving. Not as deceiving as a low-down, dirty deceiver. Well said. Wasn't that well said, Zoe? Had a kind of poetry to it, sir. You want I should shoot him now, Marco? Wait till they tell us where to put the stuff. That's a good idea. Good idea. Tell us where the stuff's at so I can shoot you. Point of interest? Offering to shoot us might not work so well as an incentive, as you might imagine. Anyway, we've hidden it, so... You kill us, you'll never find it. Found you easy enough. Yeah, you did, didn't you? How much they paying you? Huh? I mean, let's say you did kill us. Or didn't. It could be torture. Whatever. But somehow, you found the goods. What would your cut be? Seven percent, straight off the top. Seven? Huh. What? Hmm? Nothing. Not a thing. No, I just... Does that seem low to you? It does, sir. That ain't low. Stop it. 7%. Standard. Okay. Zoe, I'm paying you too much. Why? What does she get? Knock it off. No, forget I said anything. I'm sure you treated very well. You get the perks. Got your own room. No. You share a bunk. 
that one. Really? Jane, this ain't funny. Yeah, I ain't laughing. You move on over to this side. We'll not only show you where the stuff's at. We'll see to it you get your fair share. Not no side seven. Private room? Jane! Your own room. Full one of the kitchen. Whole shot. Jane, I ain't asking... Shut up. How big a room? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're Mal and Zoe kind of... Uh... Con him into turning on his friends. So very clever. Well, you know, and it really breaks the scene. There was a scene uh, where Jane had the opportunity to turn on Mal for money. It was the very first episode, right? And um, mm-hmm. and and he goes, "Well, the money wasn't good enough." But this really plays into kind of this scene here in this episode where the money was good enough, and he turns on his friends. I mean, he doesn't. It's, it's kind of plays off of the uh, the first episode. Yeah, we see who Jane is. I mean, his loyalties are not as... They can be bought. They can be bought. And um, if somebody will pay you a little more and uh, you have your own your, your own room, you don't have to share with anybody, you know, Jane will uh, take you up on that offer. Yeah. So any, uh, any other uh, quotes or moments in this episode that kind of jump out? Early after after the disaster happens, when Mal and um, Wash are Mal's trying to get Wash to, to do something, and, and Wash obviously his concern is for for Zoe. But um, after finally Mal convinces there is a little something that Wash can do, and then that, that's a funny exchange by itself. But then Jane comes out and says, um, and this this was what he said. He says, uh, "Hey, what do you think you're doing? Fighting at a time like this?" You, you'll, you'll lose up all the air. You know? <laughs> you know, well, that, yeah, that's the quote that I was thinking of as well, which reminded me of Shuttlepod 1 because it's pretty much the same thing that Reed and Troop say to each other. Everything goes back to Star Trek. It does. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I got to bring it back around. But, right, right, right. But that also ties in, like, for me, the other thing in this episode that I found interesting was just watching them knowing, like, we're either going to freeze to death or we're going to run out of oxygen. And sort of is sort of that like march towards the inevitable end a little right. bit that could have been explored more for for my taste personally, but yeah. that was an interesting element of this for me. Yeah, yeah. Two small bits of trivia in this episode: uh, Gina Torres, of course, who is Zoe, spends most of the episode unconscious in the medical bay because Torres was absent for part of the shoot. She was on her honeymoon with Lawrence Fishburne, her husband. Mm. So. And then uh, they went on their honeymoon in the Matrix, right? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was the desert of the real, right? Um, and then the, the red button, not the red pill, the red button. The wash rigs up to call the shuttles back and returns the crew to serenity. Was removed from the set on the last days of filming by Alan Tudyk, and by the time, as by that time, they knew they were being canceled. Scenes on the bridge for Firefly out of gas were filmed the next day, and the button is noticeably absent. If you look, Alan was then ma- Alan then mm-hmm. mailed the button <laughs> to series creator Joss with a note saying, "When you get your miracle, just hit this." <laughs> so um, he was hoping to revive the series, which he did in a form of a film, Serenity, of course. But so that's kind of a little bit of trivia there to kind of throw into that episode, if you didn't know that. Uh, anything else in this episode that kind of stands out? Um, 
I mean, it's a good episode. They obviously defy orders. It shows not only Mal's concern for his family, but his family's concern for Mal. Um, Mal's tenaciousness. I mean, he uh, after he takes a bullet from those guys, um, and I guess I, I think the gun was just put strategically there just in case he would need it. Um, you, you see him crawl around through the ship, um, put, putting a shot of um, adrenaline into his heart to keep him going so he can just... I just don't know if I could do that. I guess you do. Yeah, I was just to. thinking, like, <laughs> could you do that? I don't know. I, I don't like any needles being stuck in me anywhere, and that's some serious, serious stuff right there. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. God forbid I become a diabetic and I have to give myself shots. I don't, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I don't even like that idea. You know, it's just, I guess, it, when you're, what you do when this is the last resort, you know, if this is if this is what it takes to keep going. That's the thing, yeah. And you, 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 you look at it and say, God forbid I was in that situation. But if you were, what would you be willing to do? What lengths would you go? I mean, this is really this one moment kind of challenges us, you know, if we were put to the test. I think about that when you're when you're watching Walking Dead. I mean, seriously, how far would you go in certain situations to just survive? Mm-hmm. So when you, when you go back to... Mal showing Zoe the ship and she says, you paid money for this, sir? <laughs> yeah. Um, Real beauty, ain't she? Yes, sir. Tell you what. You buy this ship, treat her proper. She'll be with you for the rest of your life. Well... You paid money for this, sir? On purpose? Whoa. Come on, seriously, Zoe, what do you think? Honestly, sir, I think you got robbed. Robbed? What? What do you mean? It's a piece of Feu. Feu? Uh, okay, she won't be winning any beauty contests anytime soon, but she is solid. Ship like this, be with you to the day you die. Because it's a death trap. That's not. You are very much lacking in imagination. I imagine that's so, sir. Come on, you haven't even seen most of it, Lucian. There's, they have that little conversation, <laughs> and he, and, and I think the key is there. I'm, I pulled up the the text. Mal says, "Let me show you the rest, and and try to see past what she is and onto what she can be." And Zoe says, "What's that, sir?" And Mal says, "Freedom is what." And it's very sweet because. Before that, he's saying, you know, we could we could get off, we could go, we could live like real people. We can. It's serenity is his freedom. And then she, then of course, the perfect Whedonism. She points down and goes, "I meant what's that?" And he said, "Oh yeah, just step around that. Something must have been living here." So yeah. it's you had that sweet, sweet moment, and then you know a little bit of humor, like you always do. But it does. I think it goes back to that word, to freedom. Yeah. You know, after after losing at the Battle of Serenity, after losing everything, and finding finding that thing that you want and that you've worked so hard to get and keep and pull together. You know, he was willing to do anything, yeah. anything for his family. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Like a good dad. Yes, he is, indeed. Well, so uh, these first four episodes, uh, Miles, of these four, which one stands out as being your favorite? Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a toss-up between Our Mrs. Reynolds for all the great 
It was funny and all the great dialogue. I love this one too, out of cast, because we get a really good, I think, a solid origin story of our heroes. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's 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 too hard to call. Okay, um, how about for you? Out of gas. Out of gas is yours. Ever since I and I was listening to it today at work, and I think as I I like all of them, I think they all have special moments, but. Out of Gas really spoke to me, I think, because of what, you know, I yammered on about previously. Yeah. But it's it's really a gorgeous, gorgeous story. Chris, how about for you? Which Of the four episodes you watched, which one stands out or is the most notable to you? Well, at this moment in time, Janestown was my favorite of the four. But mm-hmm. I can see myself watching Firefly all the way through three or four times. And then over time... I have a feeling that Out of Gas would probably become my favorite of these four because of how it plays in to the overall series. But in order for it to connect mm-hmm. with me that way, with, with any series, I have to get to know the series better. It's, again, <laughs> like Miles said a moment ago, everything comes back to Star Trek. But like for me now, especially with Deep Space Nine, the episodes that are my favorites weren't my favorites the first or second time I went through. They've become my favorites over time as I've gotten to know all the ins and outs of the series. And so probably Out of Gas might be the best put-together episode out of these four, even though it's not my favorite at the moment. Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, before I comment on mine, I just wanted to say, you know, we see in Out of Gas, of course, River's psychic capabilities, again, knowing that there's fire on the ship before the fire actually appears. And that obviously develops her ability a little bit. At least that's the way I interpreted it. She sort of becomes a little precog, I guess. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't know if it develops it. I think it just from the trauma, she's it's opening her up again. I think she's always had it. Oh yeah, I but... agree. We're just kind of seeing it. She showed yes. a t- yes. she showed a tiny bit of it in the um, in the safe when well when when mm-hmm. she's tied to the, the, the you know the to be burned and, um, and she said. It's, I think she said it's time to go. Yeah, and, it's time and, to go. And, and that's, that's as soon as Serenity flies above them. And many times they can be interpreted multiple ways. Like fire, you know, it could be the fire in the candles. It could be the fire burning. You know, it's time to go. It's time to light us up. It's time to escape. You know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. multiple ways to interpret these precog moments for her. I think my favorite episode remains uh, our Mrs. Reynolds. I think for me it just becomes – I laugh. There's quotable moments. I – I laugh at Mal's expense, you know, and his situation. It's just a fun episode with some really, really good moments. Well, uh, we did get some listener feedback. Let me just real quickly uh, run through that, and then we'll wrap up the show here. Uh, This is uh, from John from the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast, and they just recently did a series review. They They did Firefly in about an hour, the entire series. I don't know how you do that, but... Um, he says, here's what, yeah, I know, I know. Um, yeah, here's what I think about these episodes. Safe, finally we get to see a bit more of the backstory about Simon and River, but the rest of the episode runs like the movie Hills of Eyes. Still fun to watch and introduces the mystery of the book. What kind of a dent card gets you access to an Alliance infirmary? And that's true. Our Mrs. Reynolds probably one, uh, oh, well, let me stop there. What do you think about what he said about Safe? I've, I've not seen The Hills Have Eyes. No, I haven't either. Did you see that, M or Chris? Me neither. No. I have not. Yeah. No. See it. We're uh, 
we aren't getting the reference there, uh, uh, John, but that's all right. Um, uh, our Mrs. Reynolds. But now we have to go watch it. I know, out. I know. Now we're, now we're called on the carpet. We need to go watch it. And all Thanks, the time, Jonathan. You know, yeah, we appreciate that, John. Curse you. Um, uh, <laughs> our Mrs. Reynolds, <laughs> probably one of, if not my absolute favorite of the entire series. So many of my favorite lines come from this episode. Things like, I married me a powerful, ugly creature, and he makes everybody cry. He's a monster. <laughs> we didn't mention that one. That's a good one. Is. Vera is the quintessential example of Chekhov's gun. Uh, you get to see it in the first act, and it's fired in the third act. So and that was we kind of made mentions of that Chekhov's gun. So, uh, any comments about our Mrs. Reynolds and his thoughts on it? Yeah, the line where uh, Kaylee's trying to console. Uh, it's funny. It plays into that. that entire scene. The dialogue in that scene is just fun. Right. Fun dialogue. Jamestown, he says, this episode's another jewel in the already encrusted Firefly crown. They go to a planet where Jane, of all people, is the folk hero? Question mark. There's even a song about him. Amazing. Everybody sing along. Our love for him now ain't hard to explain. The hero can't and the man they call Jane. <laughs> so... You know, it is, you know, we do have to say, if you're going to make a hero out of anyone in the Firefly crew, Jane is the least likely you would expect. You know what? I'm trying, there was a conversation between Inara and the Magistrate's son, and I think she thought that the hero was Mal, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she did, yeah. yeah. And then, and then when she finds out it's Jane, she is, you know, um, no, nonplussed. I mean, just, you know, I, she just couldn't believe that it was Jane that was the hero. Well, you know, and Jewel Tate, <laughs> right? Yeah, and and uh, and, and Jewel State's character. What's I just lost her name? Kaylee. Thank you. Kaylee just takes Kaylee. everything in stride. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, she's just like fascinated by it all. Like this is an awesome thing, and it each character you see reflected in the way that they're meant to be mm-hmm. seen. So. Um, uh, and then what? The last one, out of guess, one of the weaker episodes in in his opinion. Uh, sh- sure, you get to see how the crew came together, but it's a flashback recap episode, and I do so despise those. So in general, it sounds like he despises the flashback episodes. Well, I mean, it's not for everybody, but I mean, yeah, I think it depends on how a flashback episode is done, whether it works or not. Right. You know, this isn't this isn't just your typical flashback episode. This actually. No. does have a purpose within the context of the series. Right. What's it called when you take, I mean, many TV shows are guilty of this where they, where they just cut scenes from past shows and they kind of have a recap episode. I forget what it's called, but it's... I, it's like that one Next Generation episode in the well, first it's season. It's a clip show. Clip show, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. in the 80s, I mean, show, every yeah. show had to have a clip show. I, I'm not yeah, a fan so of Star Trek shows. was no different, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. So this well, is. I don't think anyone's a fan of. Oh, we're all stuck in an elevator. Let's all remember things that we did in the last. Yeah, right. Season. <laughs> exactly. So th- this was definitely not a clip show. I mean, it was obviously no. Tr- it's not. No. They were trying to give us some serious backstory. Right, and you know, and story that I think people were interested in, like how do these people arrive on the ship? You mm-hmm. kind of, you definitely get that, mm-hmm. and I think that that certainly is important. Um, I'm not sure it's one of the weaker episodes. I, I'm trying to think what would be uh, the weakest of these four episodes. I, I mean, know. the one I mean, I don't I, – I, probably the one I probably like the less maybe uh, safe. And, and, and saying that, I'm not dogging on safe at all. It's just It just means the other yeah. ones I liked more. It had 
It has moments. Safe has moments, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I, I, for me too, if between these, amongst these four, the weakest for me would be safe. Yeah. How about for you, Em? I'm sorry, you guys cut out. Say that again. I was going to say, how about for you, the weakest of these four episodes? Which one would you choose? I don't know. There's so much I like about all of them. I mean, Safe isn't... If I had to rank them, Safe would probably be at the bottom. I liked Safe. I like Janestown. I like... There's... It just doesn't feel as deep as the other ones. Yeah. But I don't want to be disparaging because I yeah. like them all. Because you like them I all. I love all my children equally. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Well, we got to wrap it up here. Before we go, Chris, thanks for joining us. Can you tell people a little bit about where they can find your multitude of shows? Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. And again, sorry about the temporal anomaly and popping in in the middle of the show. No problem at all. I enjoyed talking about Janestown and Out of Gas with you guys. Uh, You can find me, the best place to find my shows, if you use iTunes, is to go to iTunes.com slash TrekFM. And that'll take you right into our artist section in the iTunes store. You'll find all of our shows there. If you want to sample my shows, I suggest starting with The Ready Room. That's just the biggest show. It's the most diverse. And then you'll find all my other ones there. Um, I think the one I forgot to mention up front at the beginning of the show was Literary Treks, which is Star Trek books and comics. So uh, you'll find all my shows there. And then if you would like to talk to me about Star Trek or Japan or anything else, I'm on Twitter. And my username there is C Brian Jones, the letter C and Brian with a Y. And also I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash C Brian Jones. And if you're not an iTunes user, first of all, all of our shows on Trekka Film are pretty much everywhere. I'm not aware of any place where you can't get our shows. We try to cover all the bases and all the directories, all the apps. We're even on Swell, which is a, a phone-only app. But you can also find our website at trek.fm, and from there you can go to the show pages, and then there are links on all of those pages to all of the different ways that you can listen. And uh, then the network is also on Twitter, trek.fm, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash trek.fm. Awesome. Well, we do appreciate you popping into the diner and giving us your thoughts and, and hearing from you here. Yeah, so do we eat after this? Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, Miles cooking up some good grub back in the grill, and uh, we'll we'll serve it up here in a moment. Right. So, no. um, so we'll uh, sit down. We'll have dinner as a big family, just like they do on the Serenity. Right now, just watch for that compression coil. We'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> before all hell Ooh, breaks protein loose. Protein face. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Makes I know. great cake. <laughs> yeah. Now you. Um, Put an incision into this cake. Oh, <laughs> no. uh, man. All right. Well, I believe that's it. For the next time, we will be reviewing the next four uh, Firefly episodes. Next three, excuse me. I'm correct me. We have six episodes left. We'll do the next three and then the following three after that. And uh, we'll I'll, I'll tweet them out. We'll put them on Facebook so you guys can go ahead and uh, find them. Uh, but I believe that's about it. That about wraps up this show, Miles. All right, till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Do your daily. Thank you so much for visiting the Sci-Fi Diner. We hope you enjoyed the food, service, and the conversations. If you'd like to share your thoughts regarding what we've talked about, or tell us what you're watching or reading, flip open your communicators and contact us 
at 1-888-508-4343 or click the SpeakPipe link at scifidinerpodcast.com or send an MP3 or typed email to scifidinerpodcast at gmail.com. You can also join the conversation on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash sci-fi diner. We'll share your thoughts on our listener feedback show. If you'd like to support the diner beyond the conversation, you can always throw some coins in the tip jar at sci-fi diner podcast.com. <laughs>